Here's an honest question. How are you supposed to know what to do with your money? Very few of us are exposed to meaningful advice on how to manage our finances. Even fewer have the means to get professional financial guidance. Betterment is a platform that was built to do something radical, to give accessible financial advice that puts you first. If you're like most Americans, your money is probably sitting in a savings account, likely earning you next to nothing. Maybe you have an investment account that you're not really sure what to do with. Betterment can help you make sense of what to do with your money. Investing involves risk, but you don't have to know the ins and the outs of the stock market to start investing for your future. Betterment's technology will put your money to work choosing the stocks and strategies that are right for you because we know you have other things to do. Betterment's platform can even provide guidance on what financial goals make sense for you. Give your money a new home with Betterment, peace of mind included. Download the Betterment app today. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-M-E-N-T for the betterment of you. This episode of Weird Darkness is brought to you by the Nocturnal Readers Box. If you love horror and sci-fi or know someone who does, then listen up. As a Nocturnal Readers Box subscriber, every month you get at least two novels, one new title and one previously released title. In each monthly box, you also get a new bookmark and a custom art print created solely for those subscribed to the Nocturnal Readers Box. You'll always see seven or more items in the box every month. Subscribe before the end of this month and get the June box themed The End Is Near, featuring items inspired by Brian Keene, Joe Hill, Nick Cutter, Mary Shelley, David Wellington, and more. Also, right now, you can get an exclusive special edition of Salem's Lot by Stephen King. Not only is this book rare, it's only available at the nocturnalreadersbox.com and will be almost impossible to find after this month. Subscribe for yourself or make it a gift for a weirdo friend. Subscribe today at thenocturnalreadersbox.com. That's thenocturnalreadersbox.com. Get 15% off your first six-month subscription by using the promo code WEIRD15. That's all one word, WEIRD15. Sign up at thenocturnalreadersbox.com or click the link in the show notes. Welcome, Weirdos! This is a special Weekend Archive episode of Weird Darkness. Here you'll find stories of the paranormal, supernatural, mysterious, macabre, unsolved, and unexplained. If you have a dark tale to tell, you can share it with me at WeirdDarkness.com and I might use it in a future episode. And be sure to subscribe if you've not done so already so you don't miss future uploads. This week, you can save a child's life in Haiti or Guatemala for a single gift of just $50. That one-time gift of $50 will provide a full year of food and clean water for life for that child. I'll tell you more at the end of this archive podcast, or you can find out more right now by clicking the Give Life banner at WeirdDarkness.com or click the link in the show notes. Now, bolt your doors, lock your windows, turn off your lights, and come with me into the archives of Weird Darkness. This household spirit has many names such as Demovic, Demalvoy, Grandfather, Grandfather Well-Wisher, and he is very similar to Brownie, known from Scottish fairy lore. 
However, in the life of ancient Slavs, Domovic is one of the most important mythological creatures. He protects and guards the sanctity of the home. He is believed to protect the home from all kinds of tragedies and disasters, including diseases, thieves, forces of nature, and evil spirits. Though Domovic never brings harm to people, he is sometimes responsible for the so-called poltergeist. In Russian folklore, particularly in the Polish, Serbian, Bulgarian, Croatian, and Ukrainian lore, the Domovic is a male who is sometimes described as an old gray-haired man who loves fire and lives behind the hearth or a furnace, but other people believe that he has his own corner in the home where he lives and eats. Domovic is invisible to the human eye and present everywhere inside the home at the same time, and yet it is said that cats are able to see him. That is why he most probably does not like cats and chases them around the house. So if you see your cat staring at anything inside the home and there appears to be nothing there, the cat may very well be staring at Domovic. Sometimes the Domovic assists the family members with their daily activities, such as household chores, feeding livestock and lending a hand with field work. He can even be a babysitter for small children and those children can silently play by themselves for hours without making any trouble. Or if your child says he has an imaginary friend, his friend may be a Domovic. But it also happens that Domovic punish the women of the house who break diverse long-lasting traditions. At night, food used to be left out for him in his own corner because it brings luck and prosperity to the household. The spirit does not eat this food but rather consumes the energy off the food that is left for him. An angry or abused Domovic is dangerous and can burn the house. In ancient times, this spirit was often consulted as an oracle, and if a question was asked of it and his invisible touch was gentle and soft, then it meant it was a good omen for a family. But if Domovic's touch was cold, rough, and artless, it foretold misfortune and even death in the family. No one knows where Domovic comes from, and it is also difficult to describe him because he is invisible but he is always present in the home, fulfilling his duties. There are many crimes in ancient Greek myths, but this story is about not only one crime, but a terrible massacre committed by 49 maidens which are later terribly punished for their horrible wrongdoing. This very powerful Greek legend says that these maidens were daughters to Danaeus, son of Belus, king of Egypt, and twin brothers of Aegyptus. Driven out of Egypt by his brother, Danaeus fled with his fifty daughters, the Danaides, to Argos, where he became king. Soon thereafter, the fifty sons of Aegyptus also arrived in Argos. The sons of Aegyptus presented themselves to Danaeus' daughters and asked to marry them, 
and unfortunately Danaeus, having no choice, was forced to consent to their marriage with his daughters. He knew that Aegyptus arrived to take over his new kingdom, so he organized a wedding party and decided to preside at the marriage feast. But he had a plan. At the feast, Danaeus gave each of his daughters a dagger, and all of them had been told what to do. They had to obey their father. After the marriage, in the dead of night, they killed their husbands. Only one of the girls, Hypermnestra, did not commit the crime. She felt pity for her young husband, Lyncaeus, and spared his life. She woke her husband, told him the truth, and helped him to flee. Her father, Danaeus, brought her in front of the Argos court and threw her into prison for her treachery to him. One story says that she and Lyncaeus came together again and lived at last in happiness. They had a son, Abus, the great-grandfather of Perseus, the legendary founder of Mycenae and of the Perseid dynasty of Danans. Another story says that Aphrodite, the goddess of love, helped Hypermnestra, saving her from punishment and her husband Lyncaeus, the only survivor of the fifty sons of Aegyptus, who later killed Danaeus for revenge over his brothers. The forty-nine daughters of Danaeus who killed their husbands were punished for their crime. They were compelled to pursue in the lower world as a punishment. At the river's edge they filled forever jars, full with holes, so that the water poured away and they must return to fill them again and again. Their torture would never end. In Britain's fairy folklore, there is a frightening spirit, Anku, which means death, who is almost identical to the Grim Reaper, often mentioned in the fairy tales that originate from Cornwall and Wales in Britain and Ireland. This frightening and omnipotent spirit has the appearance of a man dressed in dark robes or a shroud and wearing an old hat. At times, Anku can appear as a dark shadow driving a black cart pulled by four black horses. Anku is portrayed as a tall, exhausted skeletal figure with flowing white hair. His head is able to turn at a 360-degree angle to symbolize its ability to see everything, everywhere. Ancient tales vary on the details of Anku's identity. One version of the tale says that Anku is headless, yet another describes this mysterious figure with two skeleton assistants who help Anku to collect the souls of the dead. An Anku appears when the last person in a calendar year dies in a parish. Their job for the next year is to guide the dead souls away from their bodies. Anku, who never misses a day, travels the countryside by using only one particular path and he usually appears at dusk with a scythe fitted upside down. The tale about Anku is very old. The Celtic Britons, who had a strong sense of the nearness of death, they did not fear it because in their beliefs, death represented the beginning of a better life, a miraculous journey to a place where no fear, sorrow, pain, and loneliness could ever hurt them again. However, some were always afraid of Anku which means grief and oblivion 
and he's forever doomed to fulfill his task of collecting the souls of the dead and cannot ever leave it. The spirit Anku is particularly active and powerful on November Eve, October 31st. Ancient people believed that Anku was a personification of death and to see him was understood as a clear sign of a person's death. An old Irish proverb says that when Anku comes, he will not go away empty. In Brittany, each parish had its own Anku, King of the Dead, that used to pay a visit when the last man died each calendar year. Keep listening, there's more weird darkness to come. People often ask me how I get everything done with as busy as I am. Two podcasts, working full-time for a radio station, running my voiceover business, narrating YouTube channels other than my own, being a Chicago actor. I do love being busy, but none of this would be possible if not for a couple of things. One, getting a good night's sleep, and two, having energy and focus during my waking hours. The latter one I accomplished with something I discovered a few months ago called Dawn to Dusk, which you can find at BrickHouseWeird.com. I take two Dawn to Dusk capsules right after lunch and suddenly I have energy and focus for the rest of the day. And with Dawn to Dusk, I don't get that afternoon crash I used to get with coffee and energy drinks. I'm not exaggerating when I say it has made a life-changing difference for me. I was so impressed with the product I actually pursued them to be sponsors of my podcast. You can try Dawn to Dusk for yourself by visiting BrickHouseWeird.com. That's BrickHouseWeird.com. If you use the promo code WEIRD, you can also get 10% off anything you buy on their website. Give it a try. Dawn to Dusk at BrickHouseWeird.com. The house I'm currently living in is pretty old, but I wouldn't call it ancient. It's just an old house in a very old neighborhood. I've lived here for 20 years and I've got a lot of stories about this house. Both my father and I have witnessed things here that the average mind couldn't comprehend, from a man walking through walls to the sound of children singing in the basement. We stopped even bothering trying to work out what was behind all of these happenings. I've had the feeling of being watched in this house since I was six or seven years old. I can't see anything most of the time, but I know something is watching me. I ignore it as much as I can. I tend to wake up in the middle of the night. My room is normally the hottest room in the house, but when I wake up, it's freezing. I couldn't see anything, but I knew something was there. One time, I woke up to my freezing room. The door was wide open. I was alone in the house. To my absolute horror, I saw a small figure watching me from in front of the window. It was like a very see-through shadow. I could just make out that it was a child. At first, I thought it must have been my little cousin, but how would she have gotten into the house? The figure stood there until it faded away. I started to see that little figure more often after that. We would often stare at each other, and frankly, 
it freaked me out. I started to notice that the more I interacted with it, the more difficulty I had looking away from it. I would literally be forced to stare at it. The last time I saw it, we were locked staring at each other and I literally forced myself to stop looking. The thing didn't like that at all. It screeched, faded, and I never saw it again. I don't even know what it wanted. It was just so creepy. A few months ago, I was awoken by something calling out. The voice sounded like mine, but I can't be sure. I also feel like I'm being followed all the time. I haven't seen that thing, but I know it's around. I honestly don't know if it's a demon, a ghost, or just a figment of my imagination. I used to live with another family, sharing the house of my grandparents where I have experienced numerous unworldly encounters. The other family slept in a large room in the house, adjacent to our bedroom. One morning, the mother of that family told us that one of her three sons sleeping in the largest bed in the room had been grabbed by the legs and pulled down halfway off the bed the night before. Unfortunately, he did not see the doer. By the time he was startled by the pulling and woke up, he already found his legs on the floor. Such a prank was done more than once to more than one of the sons. Having no sorcerer to exercise that spirit, her sons had to continue biting the bullet. As time went by, these incidents eventually became oblivious and my family never heard about them anymore. Many years ago, I had a boyfriend in Vienna and would sometimes stay with him in his apartment. It was an old building, and the apartment next door had been occupied by a very old lady who had just passed away. This one evening, I was staying there alone. I went to bed and switched out the lights. It was very dark, as it was a gloomy apartment anyway with very thick curtains. I soon got to sleep but was awakened in the middle of the night by a bright light. To my utter amazement, the light seemed to emanate from a picture of the Virgin Mary on the wall between the bedroom and the old lady's apartment next door. I stared and watched this for some time before becoming uncomfortable by it and left to sleep next door. Unfortunately, I could not sleep at all, and once or twice I peeked back into the bedroom which was lit up by the light coming from the picture. As I watched, it seemed to me as if the figure was actually leaving the painting. I was very frightened by this experience. When I told my boyfriend of this, he told me that quite often he heard voices from the empty apartment next door. Our house was built by a man called Jack. Nothing in this house was done properly, 
and Jack died before he could do any more work. The floors were uneven. The cabinets, walls, and doors were all crooked. It's not a nice house to look at, but that didn't bother me. I had just gotten divorced, and Jack's daughter had invited me to live at her father's old house. I was happy to oblige. The first night I spent there was uneasy. The closet in my room gave me a really strong vibe. But you always think that about a new house, don't you? There's spooks in every new thing we do. Whenever I was in the kitchen, I felt like I was being watched. I constantly felt terrified in the basement. I hated the closet in my room. It smelled so strange. The crawl space under the house gave me my first experience of seeing the paranormal. I saw the figure of a man crouching under there. He looked young and preoccupied. I thought it was the exterminator, but as I walked towards him, he disappeared. Two weeks after that experience, my son told me that the man in the kitchen had threatened him. He pointed to the corner and said that he was Jack and that it was his house. He wanted to know what we were doing there and wanted to know where his stuff was. I scolded my son and told him not to make up stories. Naturally, I assumed he had overheard Jack's daughter and myself talking about the house. Later, I would come to realize that Jack was one of the many spirits that filled that house. I saw the man crouching under the crawl space again. He was in exactly the same position he had been in before. I saw a man in the basement who seemed to be crying. One night, I was lying awake and all of a sudden, the sound of old country music on the radio came blaring from the basement. I went down and tried to find out what was going on. When I opened the basement door, the music stopped. But the TV in my room started up and I could hear a boxing match going on. I went back upstairs and my TV was turned off. I sat on my bed and my closet door opened. That was it. I was getting pretty freaked out and I decided to leave. I couldn't take it anymore. I collected my son from school the next day and we went to my parents to stay. My last night in that house was filled with footsteps, music, bangs, and all manner of intrusions. On the way to my parents' house, I was told by my son that Jack and Roy were the two ghosts. They had both died there and apparently didn't know anything about the other. My son explained that they had both appeared to him and seemed to be friendly. Friendly or not, we didn't live there again. I pretty much grew up in my grandma's home. It's small on an Indian reservation, but I loved it. I still do. My mom and I moved back in with my grandma before she passed away. She needed help driving around and keeping up the house. She had a rare tumor that caused her a lot of pain and loss of appetite. She had a nurse who would come and recommended that she go into the nursing home to help her get on a schedule. The idea was regular meals and medicine times so that she could get some strength and maybe the tumor would cause less problems. Unfortunately, it was all anyone could do 
they had already operated and removed what they could. If they took more, she wouldn't survive. Well, anyway, my family lives pretty close to one another, and my aunt's husband started to tell of a peeping Tom in the neighborhood. A lot of people were scared. I wasn't exactly afraid, but I was cautious. I started to lock doors and windows and double-check them before bed. I was always a night owl, so I was always the last person to check everything before bed. I would turn out the lights and make one last quiet round and then off to bed. The way the bed was facing, I could see out the door and look right at the little Christmas tree and big front window. Every night, I would see someone standing next to the tree. Sure, I was scared, but as I would get up and switch on a light, only the tree stood in the window. I would go around one more time and then to bed, look, and sure enough, he was back. I say he because he had the shape of a man, very square and tall. I never said anything to anyone because I tried to brush it off as I was tired or my mind was playing tricks on me, etc., and I would turn my back, squeeze my eyes shut, and try to sleep. But after a few nights, it kept happening. Sometimes it felt like he was only looking out the window, and other times it felt like he was staring back at me. Then one day, I was visiting my grandma, and she was telling us how she kept dreaming of her late husband. She was afraid of him and didn't want him to touch her. He wasn't trying to hurt her and she knew that, but she was afraid anyway. Still, I didn't think much of this at the time. Finally, I said something to my mom, and by now, it had gone almost two weeks. She said she never heard or saw anyone but me in the house. But she did tell me that before my grandma's house was built, another stood in its place. My great-uncle Sonny was a smoker and an alcoholic. He lived in the house, and it also had a big window. I never knew him because he passed before I was born, but they say he would just stand in the window, looking out over the fields and woods across the road. At the time, it wasn't strange because there was a lot of nature around. One day, he fell asleep, and his cigarette caught fire to the place, and that is how he passed. I don't know how long it was before my grandma and grandpa built their house, though. Afterwards, when my family moved in, my grandpa would love to look out the big front window. He liked to look out into the night sky or just at the woods like my great-uncle Sonny. I didn't know my grandpa either because my grandpa passed long before my birth as well. But after hearing about Sonny and grandpa, I had a feeling it had to be one of them. I always leaned more towards my grandpa, though, because of the dreams my grandma was having of him. On the morning of December 28th, we got a phone call from the nursing home that my grandma had passed away. It was a really cloudy, sad day. I couldn't believe she had gone. After that, I looked for the man in the window, but he never came back. I never saw him again after that, and that is what makes me believe it was my grandpa waiting for my grandma.
For those who've been listening to Weird Darkness since it began in 2015, you know that twice a year I take a week out and ask you to join me in saving lives. Well, This week, you can save a child's life in Haiti or Guatemala for a single gift of just $50. That one-time gift of $50 through Food for the Poor will provide a full year of food and clean water for life for that child as it gives them the resources to filter the water for drinking. If you'd like to do more, a one-time gift of $250 will provide all of that for an entire family. I've supported Food for the Poor for several years now because I believe in what they do, and now I hope you will too. You can give online by clicking the Give Life banner at WeirdDarkness.com or click the link in the show notes. If you'd rather give by phone, you can call 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-HOPE. Or on your mobile phone, you can dial pound 250 and say the keyword donate. Please make that one-time gift of $50 this week and bring them food, clean water, and most of all, hope and life. And thank you. Do you have a dark tale to tell? Fact or fiction, you can share your story at WeirdDarkness.com and I might use it in a future episode. Find links to this episode's stories in the show notes. I'm your creator and host, Darren Marlar. Thanks for joining me in the archives of Weird Darkness.